on three occasions now, I've been pooped on by a bird. Um, <laughs> the fir- the, 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 the fir- this is a true story. I want the correlation now. <laughs> Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. I'm Philip Adams, and this is episode number 14 of Terminal Exchange, the official podcast of Newsbomb Transportation. I've got an action item for all of you. Mark your calendars for Saturday, May 11th. Then go to newsbomb.com slash St. Jude and register for our Newsbomb Move It 5K Family Fun Run and Walk, benefiting St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Brian Cannon is my guest for this week's feature exchange, and Brian has been involved with St. Jude's runs for about 10 years now. St. Jude is leading the way in the fight against childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. Families of St. Jude never receive a bill from, from the hospital for treatment, travel, or food. All the family should worry about is helping their child live. Brian and others within the Nussbaum family raise funds with their communities to support St. Jude and the families that rely on their services. The pinnacle of their fundraising efforts takes them on a run to Peoria, Illinois to kick off the St. Jude Telethon event. And as Nussbaum employee owners, family, and friends, we want to give Brian and the rest of our Nussbaum St. Jude runners a boost in their fundraising efforts. So, our ESOP and wellness committees are introducing our inaugural Nussbaum Move It 5K Family Fun Run and Walk. I know it's a mouthful, but uh, this is a family and friends event so all of our Newsbomb employees, their family, and their friends are invited to join us on Saturday, May 11th. All of the proceeds from the Newsbomb Family Fun Run will go towards St. Jude through the employees and spouses that are registered as official St. Jude participants. So just go to newsbomb.com slash St. Jude to register your family. We'll have inflatables for the kids along with a couple of Newsbomb trucks for the kids and big kids to climb up into and, and check out. You don't even have to run to participate in this event. You can walk at your own pace, make a separate donation, or even volunteer with us to help on the day of the fun run. And even if you can't be in Hudson on May 11th, you can still register as a satellite participant and run in your hometown. Just check the website for details. The cost to register for the fun run is is just a donation of $25 for adults and $15 for children and teens ages 5 through 17. Again, go to newsbomb.com slash St. Jude for more details and to get your family registered to participate in this life-saving fundraiser. Here's something funny for you. What's one of the most popular things to ask your smartphone's personal assistant? Hey Google, tell me a joke. One joke coming up. The best way to carve wood is whittle by whittle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why is this a thing? Uh, why do we need Siri telling us silly jokes? And why is every personal assistant, whether Siri, Cortana, or Google, equipped to tell a multitude of jokes? Is it just a gimmick to get you using the voice functionality of your device? Perhaps. But why are we so attracted to it? We've all heard that laughter is the best medicine, but how? According to Mayo Clinic, while a good sense of humor can't cure all ailments, there is a lot of positive things laughter can do. 
Laughter stimulates your heart, lungs, and muscles. It increases the release of endorphins, which just make you feel good. Laughter can decrease stress and help you relax. Laughter can improve your mood if you experience depression. Laughter can even relieve or mask pain by causing the body to produce its own natural painkillers. I'd say laughter is a vital part of our personal health and relationships. God has given us the gift of laughter, so go ahead, laugh. Laugh at home, laugh at work. It's even okay to find humor and laugh in times of great difficulty and heartbreak. It may be just the thing the doctor ordered. And next time you need a quick pick-me-up and don't have someone like Brian Cannon around, ask your phone to tell you a joke. And then, laugh. Hey Brian, tell me a joke. Why does a chicken coop have two doors? Why does a chicken coop have two doors? I don't know. Because if it had four doors, it'd be a chicken sedan. (laughs) Oh, great. Brian, thanks for coming in and sitting down with me today. (laughs) Thanks for having me here. That was worth the price of admission right there. Yeah, that's the best I have. So it doesn't get better from here. Well, yeah, it does probably. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, Brian, um, tell me a little bit about your uh, journey into Newsbomb here. You've been, well, you've been with Newsbomb for, what, like 35 years or something like that? (laughs) No, uh, it'll be, it'll be 15 years in July. July, I'll celebrate my 15 year. Yeah. So what got you here to Newsbomb to begin with? Uh, A friend of mine uh, was in sales here, Brandon uh, Barker. Okay. And uh, I was in a job where I wasn't completely happy with it and uh, had been praying about what to do for a career. And uh, Brandon came along and said, I think I have the perfect fit for you. And I said, uh, no, I think I'm, I was scared to death, actually. You know, I didn't know anything about transportation or trucking or even where Newsbomb was located at. And, <laughs> um, and uh but uh, through pl- prayer and meetings I've had with uh, Lloyd Stoller and Phil Breaker, I felt pretty comfortable uh, coming here for an interview, and and the rest is history. Awesome. Now you are currently a um, load planner, um, or what are you, what are you I, doing now? You I know you've had some transitions. In yeah, here, there's so. been a few transitions recently. I'm currently a dedicated account manager for okay. Electrolux. Um, uh, dedicated and uh, um, Bisco fan and Oberweiss, and also come along with that, I'm I'm back in, in in a driver manager role with those dedicated drivers. So kind of going back to what I did many years ago with the Pella account, where mm-hmm. I'm managing drivers and and accounts. So it's been a it's been a quick transition, but it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Good challenge. Tell, tell me about your um, experience in that role as being a driver manager, a planner, account manager. What, what are some of the challenges? What do you enjoy? What do you like about it? Um, the challenge, the challenge is just it's a, there's a lot of detail that goes into it, and it's a fast it's fast paced. Um, you really got to keep up on your communication, your emails, and um, you got to be able to uh, take care of your driver and your customer. Uh, professionally, um, those are the easy parts. Uh, the challenges are, are just um, 
um, getting answers to the pe- to the people that need them in a timely fashion, and uh, just providing the best service you can, uh, being open, honest, and providing um, communication. Uh, those are my my strengths. But at the same time, it can get to be a little overwhelming when things start to pile up. So just uh, managing those things, uh, prioritizing, and um, I'm just working through it um, and using the assets that we have here as far as uh, the other um, team members that have multiple years of experience and different things. So there really is no um, issue that we can't handle. Somebody in here um, is able to help if you can't figure it, figure it out. So leaning on your teammates and being a good team player, those are the things that uh, that I look forward to. Yeah. And I know you've built up some pretty good relationships, even with some of the drivers. you got some guys like Kent Pitchford and others that – yeah, never hesitate to come in here and, and hassle you a little bit. Yeah, um, I've always been a, dri- a driver advocate. Um, even you know, I, I believe they're the number one customer. I know that they're the guys that uh, keep the lights on for us here. I always joke with the with the drivers about uh, I appreciate them paying for two sets of braces for my children, <laughs> for my two daughters. So I feel like they, uh, you know, I know where my where my money comes from. I know without them, I don't. I don't have a job, so they. I've always put a high priority on driver relationships. So, even when I wasn't in a position like that, I still want to greet them, talk to them when they come in, and make them feel like they're more than just just a number out there. So, and I think it's going to help me as I go back into this role where I'm actually managing drivers and working with them on their scores and trying to help them make more money and be happier in their positions. So, I'm looking forward to that. Hey, Brian, tell me a joke. You want to hear a joke about a cat? Why not? Just kidding. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so there's there, there's no question around here in the office that you like to have some fun. And you're, you're, you're a fun guy, and I don't mean a mushroom, but you, you, you like to have fun around the office, joke around with people and everything. Where's that come from? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I was, I, I used to be a quiet person when I was younger. I don't believe it. It's true. It's true. Um, I, even my first week at Newsbomb, um, Brent Newsbomb called me in his office um, because there was a couple other characters out there in operations that were, were a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more eager to uh, play around and joke and kind of gave me a hard time being the new guy. And uh, he was concerned that maybe I couldn't, you know, could I handle that? And if I needed any, if I needed any, if I needed his help, that he would, you know, step in if they were being too much. And I won't mention Gary's name, um, or or Mark Pinkston, but uh, they they were pretty they were pretty rough with me in the beginning. So I don't know how it all started or where it came from. Um, I I think maybe over the years I've seen the reaction of people and in a stressful um, a stressful business like transportation I see the value in uh, being able to build morale and keep the morale high. Um, there's a thin line between you know being professional and having fun. I've kind of towed that line at times where I, <laughs> I and uh, as I've gotten older though I think I've found a good balance of. Uh, being able to joke around, have fun, yet get the job done and uh, put the time in 
and, and, and do the work. But I, I don't think I'll ever stop with, with the dad jokes. Typically, dads aren't that funny, I guess, or they think they're funny, but they're, they're really hilarious. Not. I think they're, I consider them classics. Yeah, exactly. But uh, they, they call, they, I don't find that a derogatory uh, comment when they say, hey, that's a dad joke. I, th- I say thank you. I thought it was too. And uh, so the jokes started, uh, and, and, and I like to do those every once in a while. Um, also, within my, with my uh, load planning team, we were going to try to do some team-building stuff as a group. And then I got moved to the dedicated account manager team, so I might take some of those things with me. We were looking at maybe in April doing a, a core plank challenge. Um, wow. Just between our group. Uh, uh, Who's in this group? Well, the current group now would be myself, Brent Wagenbach, Brendan Nussbaum, uh, Jordan Wagner, uh, and Jim Noe would be the current group. Um, my previous load planning group, they are going to, I think they're going to carry it on. I passed the torch to Lindsay, Lindsay Staff, who, is, who has jumped in here, and she's going to kind of assume my role as the morale <laughs> builder slash team builder um, mm-hmm. for the load planners. And I'm going to break away now and start to try to be a leader in, uh, along with uh, uh, Brendan with this uh, dedicated account manager group. So I'm looking forward to bringing my years of experience with me and seeing what I can accomplish here in that, in that regard. I hope these guys know what's coming in for them. Well, the longest, I think the longest we get to is a five-minute plank. And I, I don't know if that's even possible for me, but uh, we're going to— I'm certain it's not for me. We're uh, going to try. We're going to try to do that. Um, assuming I have to actually hold up, you know— parts yeah. of my body yeah. in the process. Well, I start shaking within the first 10 seconds of the plank and, and continue to shake through the whole thing. It's just a matter of how long will you stay there before you f- drop. But uh, it goes along with wellness. The, with the way I look at it is it's a, it's a wellness thing, uh, which which our wellness committee, you know, is something I can bring back and share with them what we're doing. Um, it's also uh, something that can generate a good conversation at work and build relationships and trust and hold each other accountable at the same time, keeping the morale high. And I think that's uh, key in, in this um, business. Hey, Brian, tell me a joke. Did you hear? <laughs> I heard this joke a long time ago from a, from a driver that, that uh, Mark Schmig, um, he, he passed away, but uh, he, he told me this joke one time. Uh, did you hear about the cat that swallowed the ball of yarn? No. She had mittens. <laughs> it's not going to stop. Uh, it might need to because I'm having trouble uh, under the pressure of this microphone to come up with good, <laughs> with, with quality jokes. But uh, I should have came prepared with some of those things. Sorry, I threw you off with that. No, that's okay. Hey, so... Uh, Introing into this episode here, uh, we talked about this uh, fun run coming up yeah. uh, that's yeah. going to be benefiting uh, St. Jude. You've got some pretty extens- extensive uh, involvement in St. Jude and, and their runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to tell me a little bit about that and, and how you got into doing that and why it matters to you? Okay. Yeah. So um, this will be my 10th year running a St. Jude run. It started, um, I... I entered into a, a St. Jude volleyball tournament in El Paso um, that was hosted by a group of runners uh, that were called the St. Jude uh, El Paso St. Jude Run Team, and they one of their fundraisers was a sand volleyball tournament, and I I, I went to that played in that and. 
uh, I was just kind of overwhelmed by by all the talk of St. Jude. Even though it was a volleyball tournament, it really wasn't about winning a trophy or doing anything. There was lots of fundraising going on, lots of people selling raffle tickets. Um, I met a family there, um, Matt and Inga Grub. Um, they, they have a daughter that's the same age as my daughter. Their son, Gavin, um, he... Uh, he passed away. Um, of ca- uh, he had cancer. He, he uh, was a St. Jude patient. Um, actually, he had beat it three different times. The, wow. fi- the final time it came back, though, it was it came back and it was just a little too over too hard to overcome. Yeah. So um, he that kind of motivated me to to ask a, a few more questions about the about St. Jude. Um, I went home and did some research. Uh, found out that. Uh, there was an, orga- an organization out there that was doing the research uh, to help end uh, childhood cancer, not to just uh, extend their lives, but to actually end childhood cancer. And when I started looking at the numbers of the success rate uh, from cancer, from when St. Jude started, I'm not sure if it was in the 50s or 60s, I, I, I don't know the date, but uh, the survival rate was about 20% for the most common uh, type of leukemia um, the, the, one of the blood cancers for children, and and it's it's now uh, ninety four to ninety five percent wow cure rate for that, and that's the most common type of cancer. There's so many types of childhood cancers, and they are constantly doing research to fix these things. And the only way possible to keep this thing going is uh, is to raise money and to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that was I found impressive is once you're a patient of St. Jude as a child, um, they take continue to take care of you after, you know, in your adult years. You, once you're a patient really? there, um, if it, your cancer were to return or what you need a treatment, you would go back and they would take care of oh, that. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I have children of my own, relatively healthy children, and I thought to myself, what would I do if this happened to them? Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine, actually, when I've, I've talked to plenty of uh, children that have had that have cancer uh, in our area. We've we've seen it uh, in the surrounding towns around Bloomington Normal. Plenty of kids come up with cancer, and they handle it a lot better than the parents do. St. Jude, what it does for the parents' mindset as far as easing their mind about having the money and the insurance and taking time off from work, that that, that is so important. Uh, I can't imagine what they go through. And, and they continue to grow. Um, if you go out to their website, you can find a lot about their uh, statistics on um, the various types of cancers mm-hmm. and the success rate. Um, I think the overall, I wrote this down, I was going to make some notes, but um, most of the more common um, Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, the acute uh, lymphomic leukemia, if I'm saying that right, those are those are all treatable up to 94 uh, percent. That's when, incredible. When when years ago uh, it was as low as uh, a 20 percent survival rate. So the survival ratings um, overall, I think they I think they put a number out there have gone from 20 uh, percent to 80 uh, percent, and and they're not going to stop until they find a, a cure. That's that's mm-hmm. their mission. They're not going to stop. They put a ton of money into research. Um, they've built onto their facility. They've added state of the art. Uh, machines, but they can't do it without the help of donations and the fundraising. You know, it's just been a great vision. Danny Thomas was the founder. Mm-hmm. Um, his his vision. He he's got so many great quotes, but the one that sticks out to me is, "No child should die in the dawn of life." That's his main, mm-hmm. and I love that. I put that on everything that I send out. Any letters I write, I always put that on there. It just kind of it makes so much sense, you know that. Uh, 
to see these kids go through that, uh, it's amazing. But um, so I got involved. Um, I started asking questions about the, the St. Jude team. It was an El Paso team that did all their own fundraising, um, but they ran alongside, they ran with the Bloomington to Peoria run, okay. which starts, it's usually the first Saturday uh, in August and it's the telethon weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, all the satellite runs start that day, except for um, the Memphis to Peoria run. They start, I think, a week week or two ahead of time. They run from Memphis. But everybody runs to Peoria. And um, uh, I started that 10 years ago, um, and it was overwhelming. Um, I'm not the greatest runner. I don't even really like to run. Um, <laughs> but, but on those days, uh, it's a 50, from Bloomington to Peoria, the route that we take, it's a 54-mile uh, relay-style relay run where, where, where they have the legs mapped out. Um, you don't have to run. The running is what draws some people there, like it drew, drew me there to have some fun, do some mm-hmm. running. But after you're part of it, you quickly find out that it's the it's the raising the money, and um, that's the that's the fun part. The the running is just kind of the icing on the cake, yeah. you know, and, and the camaraderie. Um, but we so but much yeah, bigger than just the running. It's way bigger than the running. Way bigger than the running. But but um, some people go out and run thirty miles. Some people run you know more. Yeah. Um, I've ran up to twenty six miles in a given day. I, I don't even know how I would do that. I can't do that on a regular day. But something <laughs> there's something about that day. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing to me. Um, each runner is required to raise a thousand dollars just to run. Yeah. Um, most of my donations come from letter writing. Um, I'll send out letters. Um, well, you know, Philip, you use your use the one that gets, <laughs> puts it on the paper for me. Get that set up for you. Gets it set up for me. I mail those out and. Uh, can't wait to get home every day to check the mail yeah. and uh, see how many of these uh, self-addressed uh, stamped envelopes come back to me and to see people throw a check for $200, for $50. Um, and it, it's just amazing. I usually, I usually can raise between $3,000 and $4,000 mm-hmm. um, just myself. That's, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And I don't do, and it, and it really isn't much other than writing a letter, explaining what I'm doing, yeah. why I'm doing it. And, um, and it's just been a, a, amazing. And this year, our uh, family here at Newsbomb is working to raise some more funds for our St. Jude runners. I know we've got some other employees or spouses within mm-hmm. the, the company here that also run in the St. Jude uh, event uh, that are also raising money. So with that, we're trying to help alleviate some of that or add to the amount mm-hmm. that they are trying to, to fundraise. So uh, our big event, Coming up here in May 11th on Saturday, and we've got our um, Move It uh, 5K family fun run. In- invite everybody. I mean, it's it's not just for our new spawn employees and, and their families, but you know, bring your friends along, uh, get everybody signed up. But we'd love to to raise just thousands and thousands of dollars. And uh, in addition to what uh, we raise directly through through this fundraiser. Newsbomb, the leadership here, has agreed to match dollar for dollar uh, up to $10,000. And actually, kind of little side note, it's possible they might match more than that, but they've agreed to $10,000. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's awesome. If, if we could collectively raise 20000 or more you know, dollars for this fight against childhood cancer, I think that would be one of the best things ever. Mm-hmm. That would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and if you and if you and if you have a chance ever to to be at the Civic Center when the for the telethon to kick off, <laughs> um, it'll draw you. You ne- you'll never want to be apart from it. I, I'm going to do this until I can't possibly run anymore, or even even after that, I will be involved in it. Um, uh, from the beginning, when we meet in the morning before we run, we gather in the in the Bergner's parking lot, um, usually, and um, and families will show up. They'll have some speakers, some kids, some you know, uh, and the kids will line the streets for you. And when you when you run when you run by these kids and they they they're holding their hands out and you see these little bald heads and <laughs> these kids that are full of life, absolutely full of life, battling a the scariest disease yeah. I feel that there is it is so scary, and the and the and for so many reasons. But these kids, they put a smile smile on, and they're high fiving you. It just gives you goosebumps. It make it, it makes you think about what your your problems and how little they really are. And, and absolutely. And the next day is I'll tell you, it's the worst pain that you feel because <laughs> you can't walk and you can't move, but it's the best pain you feel right. because you know that you you did it. And if anybody gets a chance to to just go to St. Jude, uh, St. I think it's St. Jude runs.org. Yeah. You can yeah. It is St. Jude runs.org. Yeah. You can, you can read a little bit about the run, the history, how much money they make. And each year, um, we're usually, we kick the telethon off. So you, you go up on stage and present your check and it's kind of surreal when you're, mm-hmm. when you're there. And then when you go home, we usually, uh, tape the, uh, the event just to kind of watch the teams and see how big their checks are. <laughs> but every year, it's every year we break a record. Um, That's and, so cool. And, and and you think we can't possibly do more and make more, but we do. And there's a whole new generation of runners coming up. Uh, my daughter, um, you have to be 16 to to run, and okay. she'll be six. My youngest daughter will be 16 next year, and she'll be she'll be the newest St. Jude runner. My my oldest daughter Mackenzie's a St. Jude runner. Um, Mindy uh, would like to be a St. Jude runner. She's a contributor. She's a supporter. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of people. It's not just the runners. There's Absolutely. lots of behind-the-scenes um, people that take care of us along the way. We pull a trailer with a massage table bolted down to it. So we're able to, <laughs> when, we, when we're stopping from different... Um, in different areas, we can get on there and get a quick work some of those massage, muscles. Work some of the muscles out. I, I have to think that people see you don't just see the top athletes in the world running. There are people that look like me uh, <laughs> out there, and people have to see that. And the, the, they, they, it really is a lot of average average shows. shows. Yeah, and the people have to see the pain and the. I mean, I, I, I it is really painful at times, and it, it's a. I just keep thinking, hey, this is this pales in comparison to what uh, these kids and especially the families. Um, are going through, mm-hmm. and um, there's so many great success stories. And even the parents that have children that that um, didn't survive, they have nothing but good things to say about St. Right. Jude. And they'll tell you stories, and their stories are happy stories. And and it is amazing. There's a lot of good organizations out there, and if you ha- if you want to give to, you know, any of them, uh, I would just suggest uh, if, if you feel led to do so, um, do that and let God sort the rest out. Right. But but at the same time, you can do your research. St. Jude's something I'm always going to be part of, but there's many, many organizations out mm-hmm. there to give to. But uh, St. Jude has been my focus for 10 years now. And for our listeners, I, I want to encourage, if you're interested uh, in joining us and donating or getting into our uh, Family Fun Run event, uh, you can go to newsbomb.com slash St. Jude. 
just as simple as that, newspond.com slash St. Jude. Uh, from there, you can either register for our own little fundraiser run that we're doing here on, on our site. Um, or if you're not able to do that, you can go on there and simply donate. Uh, donate any amount that you'd like. Uh, hit the donate button there on the page. And that'll funnel through through Newsbomb, and then we'll be pushing that back to our runners that are registered with with St. Jude runs. And uh, like I said, Newsbomb's going to be matching dollar for dollar uh, up to ten thousand dollars. So the more we can get in there, the the more money we raise and mm-hmm. and put towards St. Jude. So I think that'd be awesome, Ryan. I want to shift just a little bit, sure. But uh, there's an empathy there mm-hmm. still for you uh, with with these families with these kids. Would you mind telling a little bit about your story there and uh, mm-hmm. kind of make a, a personal connection to to this battle with cancer in general? Yeah, th- that's something that I um, I don't know why I don't think about that more. There is a strong connection to it. Um, all the way back from when I was a, a child, my grandmother um, had colon cancer. My cancer runs pretty heavy in our family. And my grandmother lived with us, and she was very. I was very close to her. She was like a second mother to me. And uh, she lost her life at the age of 65 uh, from cancer. Nowadays, uh, t- cancer like hers um, would have easily been treatable. Um, back yeah. then, we didn't have the technology. So, it, you know, you know that, that could have made a difference. Yeah, but if, if only, right? But um, my mother had breast cancer. She's a survivor over 25 years now. Awesome. Since her, uh, she had a mastectomy. Her, she's, she has uh, had scans and different things done, and she's healthy uh, for the most part. Um, um, I have to mention that my work mother, Vicki Brown, mm-hmm. had a double mastectomy. Uh, she's a survivor. Uh, I only mention Vicki because she's uh, like a mom to me. Mm-hmm. So I've had plenty of friends and family. Um, the most recent, my sister, yeah. um, was a shock to us. Um, it's It'll be... Um, she passed away a year ago, April 15th, I think is what the date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, April. April 15th, she passed away, um, and it went very quickly. Um, she wasn't feeling well, and the reason I tell this story, um, I won't get too too gruesome with it, but I have talked to uh, people, and I don't usually spare many details because I want them to know, I want um, them to know uh, especially women, that early detection is the is the key to to these things, and getting regular uh, yearly checkups or um, every six month checkups are important in catching these things. The type of cancer my sister had, um, she had no signs or symptoms of it. Um, she was perfectly healthy, um, just a little over uh, just a little over a year and a half ago. She was fine. Um, uh, we got the I got the call here one day at work that. Um, that uh, she was having some stomach issues, went in. Um, they thought she had to have a hysterectomy. Um, they thought she had um, something wrong with her ovaries. They weren't really sure. Mm. They, they opened her up, and they found that she had uh, was full of cancer. It, and it hides. Cancer is so, so, so bad. It's so evil. It, it hides in places where sometimes tests don't pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, cancer does not discriminate. It'll, it takes babies. It takes your mother, your sister, uh, friends, families, pets. My, <laughs> I've had, we've had two family dogs that had cancer. <laughs> I mean, it just, uh, it does not discriminate. It does not care um, who you are who you're important to, 
and what you have going in your life. My sister had just recently got engaged. They bought a home. Uh, they had their whole life um, ahead of them planned out. She was uh, forty was forty years old. Um, within a matter of um, weeks and months, um, we watched this cancer destroyer physically. Yeah. Um, it was gruesome. I uh, we don't currently have Facebook, but I had posted a, a I had one time at one time posted detail for detail what I saw, mm. just to try to scare if if only one person out there was listening and are looking and went to the doctor and beat this thing. I felt like I would have succeeded. I, I want to beat this thing. I want to save lives. And it, what it did to my sister was it, it just physically destroyed her. It was painful all the way to the end. Um, um, she, it, there was barely much left of her. It, it just was, these tumors grew and you could feel the heat radiating from her body. Mm-hmm. I, we prayed with her. Um, it, it, uh, our faith and our family's faith grew stronger because of it. It brought family members together that don't normally, that do not normally come together to pray. So mm-hmm. a lot of blessings came from it. During that time, I, I, I didn't take the time to feel the, the sadness and the pain because I, I looked at it, I had to stay strong for my kids who were asking me some very tough questions mm-hmm. that I had a hard time answering. They were very, my uh, kids were very close to their aunt. What, what kind of questions were they asking? Uh, they were just asking, you know, um, they were just asking like, why would God, yeah. you know, Tia, uh, one of one of uh, my sister, uh, I think, struggled a little bit in her faith over the course of her life. But she had found a home uh, at Vale Church, and um, uh, she had given her life to Christ. And she, um, it seemed like she had everything going in the right direction. Finally, had her life under control and um, was a faithful servant of Christ. And they were just kind of, you know, they were, it kind of shook their faith a little bit. Um, They were asking, you know, um, why wasn't this caught sooner? How come they didn't know? You know, you start to push blame on, was it the doctor? Did they misdiagnose her? Um, You know, just the question, is she going to, is she going to live or is she going to die? Like what, what's going to happen? You know, uh, I had, I had hardly ever missed work and I, I had to leave work a few times. I'm thankful that I work for a company that would allow me to leave. There's, there are times where we had to rush to the hospital where we thought she wasn't going to make mm-hmm. it. And, and, um, but through it all, um, my sister Tia, she, um, she, she was thanking God the whole way through it and praising God through it. I, wow. I was shocked by that. Um, um, she kind of led, gave us a good example, not only how to live life, but how to die, um, because uh, she was facing, you know, death, and she she was looking right at it and mm. saying, you know, you know, I, I thank God for today, and don't be, you know, but she was in a lot of pain, and and um, we were all by her side the whole time, and I tell you, it was it was hard because they could not get her pain under control. And uh, there were times where we were pretty upset with the staff and felt like we wanted better uh, for her. And it was a relief when, when, she, when she passed away, finally passed mm-hmm. away. And, and, uh, but it was a gruesome thing. For, my kids were right next to her. They watched it. So I'm hoping that, that they, immediately my oldest daughter, who's 23, she went to get an exam, went and got checked out, um, We've gotten preventative uh, shots for Jordan, um, and uh, she, you know, she continues to 
amazed us with her strength and her um, passion for for Christ. And she, this has been, you know, it's been almost a year now, and um, I can't I can't be more thankful for what it's taught our family. But it's lit a fire in, in a lot of people um, around us to we're going to fight the we're going to fight cancer. Um, at any moment, this could happen to one of my kids. Um, that's the thing about it. At any moment, this could happen. You could find out that, that your your healthy child is no longer healthy. And if, if you didn't have St. Jude to go to, I don't know what people would do because it's not it's not cheap. You can look at how much it costs. Um, St. Jude provides all their financials out there, what things cost and what they what they cover. You know, they cover it all. Um, so even though you have a sick child or you're worried about what their future holds, um, to not have to worry about the financial end, um, I would think would be at least, uh, take part of the burden off the yeah. parent. I can't, you know, um, but I've watched the parents that go through it and it, and it, what it does to them physically. And it is, it is hard to watch. Um, but yeah, my sister, yeah, that was tough for our, for our family. And we, uh, she's a, tw- she's a twin. So her twin sister, Teresa, took care of her during all this time and they were as close as can be. So she's really struggled with it. And, um, so we're thankful now that she's with the father and that she's uh, renewed and has a, a healthy body yeah. and she's running around and, you know, people, people are always saying, Hey, we should hear from her more, you know, and, you know, they, they believe and we should, you know, yeah. see things. And I, I can tell you what I, I believe she does. I believe everybody, when you get to heaven has a, has a job to do, you know, who knows what that is other than just praising the Lord and dancing and singing. I think we have, yeah. jo- I think we get jobs to do up there and there may not be real tasking jobs, but I believe my sister has something to do with birds. Um, because since she passed away, uh, on three occasions now I've been pooped on by a bird. Um, <laughs> The first, the the the, the first. This is a true story. I want the correlation now. They they the first time. Well, I, I'll back I'll back up. I I got I got my I got the last words from my um from my sister. The last time she spoke, um, I was in there harassing the nurses and telling them how to do things, and uh, I was kind of trying to lighten the mood and be funny, use yeah. comedy to, you know, do that and. Uh, that one of the nurses said, "You're you're a brother or something else," and and she hadn't spoken in a while, and she said, "Yeah, he's he's a pain in the butt," <laughs> and and uh, everybody in the room laughed, and uh, I think she might have even smiled a little bit. But we were driving down uh, down twenty four, and uh, we had the sunroof open on the car, and I got hit with a bird through the sunroof of the car. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the second time, I was at Menards under an awning, um, going through the security checkout, bringing some materials out where there there's no open sky, and somehow and I had my arm out the window and I got hit by a bird, <laughs> and then uh, so several times. So when I go, you know, when I go outside, we 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 believe that that's my sister just kind of telling us she's still still around. But uh, that's fun. Um, I don't know if I. Told many people outside our family that story, but every time we we go out, I kind of look around like, oh, she's, you know, 
up there. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't get it yesterday. If you didn't see out front across the street there, we, there was hundreds or thousands of birds just out there just making all kinds of noise. Yeah, I hope she doesn't work with geese. I hope it's just... Oh, uh, goodness. I hope it's just the little birds. I'll take it. But if that's really her, I would. she can do it every day to me if she'd like to. But yeah, yeah it was um, it was a hard time. I, I, I had great support um, from Nussbaum, uh, not, ju- not just the um, management uh, team, but the, the rest of the folks here. Um, we, I had to miss a couple days here and there. I had to leave work unexpectedly mm-hmm. once or twice. Um, and that puts people under more pressure to cover for you, and nobody really batted an eye or had any complaints. Yeah. They said, just go. So that's what kind of family we have here. That's the kind of people we are. And um, I'm thankful that um, Nussbaum has been and is looking to be more involved in St. Jude um, just because it's, I feel it's so important. It just, uh, I'm, I'm just grateful for what we have. So, yeah. Brian, thanks for sharing that. I know that's, yeah. you know, not always easy, but uh, appreciate yeah. that. And I really hope, like you said, that maybe your story will encourage somebody to go get checked out. Make sure, you know, early detection is important. Yeah. Uh, both men and women mm-hmm. uh, to, to take care of that. So, yeah, uh, hopefully... Hopefully somebody will yeah. make the move on that. I, I hope so, yeah. Brian, I, I don't have much else for you, so okay. I'm going to finish on a light note here. Yeah. And, uh, hey, Brian, tell me a joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. I don't get it. I was interrupting cow. <laughs> <laughs> just Sorry, that reminds me of the, the movie Home uh, yeah. with the... Alien that's got the uh, dude that plays Sheldon on Big Bang Theory. Oh yeah, and his voice, and they do that that joke. That joke, and he doesn't get it. And he doesn't get it. <laughs> he's like, well, I well, got to and, and then he finally does, and he can't stop it. So, well, Charlie Charlie Anderson, uh, son of Nate Anderson, uh, favorite grandson L- to little, Lloyd Stoller, L- little Charlie Anderson. Little, little Charlie Anderson told me this joke one time. What do you get when you throw a p- piano down a mine shaft? What do you get when you throw a piano down a mine shaft? A flat minor. <laughs> Again, that's a dad. They that's a we laugh at it. Uh, some people, the um, younger younger generation, maybe even uh, at a certain age, eight to thirteen, and then maybe some millennials, they uh, they attack us with the term dad jokes, which they don't know, but that makes me really proud to to say that. You know, I. You have inspired me with something here. We're going to come back sometime, and we're going to do a dad joke off. Okay. And we'll, we'll go back and forth on dad jokes. Okay. And uh, we'll get some together, and we'll make yeah. this part of the part of the show sometime. Hey, I think laughter is important. Um, you know, I, there's time for it, of course, but uh, I think the more you can smile and, and laugh, I think the, the better life you'll have. And I think it does good for your overall health, so yeah, I'm well, all for it. Laughter is the best medicine, right? I so, believe that. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, Brian, thanks so much again for for joining me and yep. taking your time and, and sharing your story. Yep. Thanks for thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Newsbomb Transportation. Newsbomb is an industry leader in over the road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. 
New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, terminalexchange.org.